A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot org. Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 125 of Confessions of a Marketer from Zero to 300 Million. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. We have the former SVP of Overstock.com, Jeff Atkinson, who's now founder and CEO of Huckabye on to talk SEO and how he helped take Overstock from zero to 300 million in a few years. Hope your holidays have been grand. It's a special time of year, one of reflection, Thanksgiving, sharing time with family, and relaxing and recharging your batteries. Here at Confessions of a Marketer, we have a lot in store for the next year. As 2020 starts, we'll talk with Jeff Hahn, principal of Apron, an agency focused on marketing and PR in the food business. And Mel Edwards, global CEO of Wonderman Thompson, will join us very soon. Oh, and we'll also have Joe Auer, who runs Mattress Clarity in to expand on our discussion about SEO. And Jocelyn Kopak will be here to talk about building a great brand. We have guests penciled in through the middle of the year. It'll be an exciting time. So do stay tuned. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. All right, on to Jeff Atkinson. On this first part, we get the story of taking Overstock from nothing to $300 million. Jeff was SVP at Overstock as it climbed the heights. He has some great tales to tell. And in this first part, we also learn about the SEO strategies he employed, as well as structured data and more. Let's get to it. Jeff, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. Thank you, Mark. It's great to be here. I love your podcast and glad to be a part of it. Thanks. It's really wonderful having you here because I got a lot of questions to ask you. (laughs) And first of all, I want to start off with your career path and background and maybe a little bit of a story about Huckabye and what you guys are all about. Yeah, for sure. So my career path started at overstock.com. So I 
went to school in New Hampshire. I'm from actually Massachusetts and I was a ski racer in college and ended up taking a job at Overstock. It seemed like the best sort of excuse to have somewhat of a real job, (laughs) but also be a ski bum at the same time. And that quickly changed from being a ski bum to having a really rapid career growth, which was fantastic. The founder and CEO of Overstock, or former CEO, Patrick Byrne, was my mentor. I eventually became their SVP over marketing and analytics. Kind of worked on all the revenue-facing sides of Overstock. One of the great stories there was our SEO channel. So it went from about zero to a $300 million channel and learned just what it takes to sort of have that kind of growth and how SEO works. And then we identified a gap really in the industry where the industry is almost entirely services driven. So a lot of consultants, a lot of agencies. But in my mind, the real thing that we're trying to solve for SEO is technical. So you have websites that are made for humans. And we spend all this time on UI and UX. But what's a Googlebot's UI, UX look like? And so what Huckabye's aims to solve is creating that perfect UI UX for a Googlebot and handling the technical conversation between a website and a search engine. And if you do that really well, you get all the benefits of increases in organic search traffic and so on and so forth. So that's my story. We're based here in Park City, Utah. And yeah. Any snow out there yet? We have gotten snow. It's not enough to ski on unless you get really high up in the mountains, but it's coming. It's cold. And yeah, we have gotten some snow. I was in Boulder, Colorado in the spring and just before Memorial Day and a couple of days before we got there, there was eight inches of snow. By the time we got there, there was no snow on the ground. Yeah, it's so dry here that, you know, we're at 7,000 feet. So yeah, we had a storm come through that left about six inches, but then within two days it evaporates and it's gone. So nothing significant yet. Yeah, it's cool here in the Northeast. So you're not missing much. (laughs) So I want to talk about Overstock a little bit. You were, as you said, SVP of marketing, and you did a lot around SEO to bring that business up to $300 million in a few short years. Tell me about exactly how you elevated SEO to being maybe the center of that business. Yeah, it was sort of a unique situation. So It was 2005 when I got there. It was about 2006, 2007 when I got wind of this channel called SEO. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, you could do these technical things and all of a sudden you'll get all this traffic. Because every other channel other than email, you know, you're paying for cost per click or you're doing TV or whatever it happens to be. So both Patrick and myself sort of really, our minds just lit up and we're like, this is something special. And so we started investing in it. And at the time, The task that I had was to actually implement a search engine on Overstock. So pick a third party that could help with, if you searched for a product once you came to Overstock, what would you get? And I, at the same time, kind of realized, because I was learning about SEO, that this search engine could power everything from the homepage down to a product page. So all that navigation and all that sheet sets and thousand thread count sheet sets, all those possible page combinations could be solved with this search engine. And so we literally went from a site that was almost impossible for Google to understand to within six months, we had a very well-optimized site. And we had built a pretty big brand at that point. And so Google really cared and things just took off. And then by the time you get a $50 million channel, say, you really can't be spending enough on SEO for it to even compare ROI-wise towards any other channel. 
And so we had the opportunity to kind of have an open checkbook and try pretty much everything we could. And the best investments always ended up being technical investments and projects that developers would do, adding structured data, making the site faster, all of these sorts of things that would make Google understand our site as clearly as they possibly could. We also did a ton of content and backlinking and things, but yeah, it really was a technical problem that ended up driving that growth. Yeah. So metadata, things like that. Yeah, all the things. Google's actually relatively open with what they want out of the website. It's yeah. amazing how poorly we listen to them. I know. But, you know, it's like, I don't know how long it's going to take them to be yelling and screaming about page speed before someone actually listens. But we listen, and that's kind of what we're doing with Huckabye is let's just listen very intently on what they want and where they're going, and let's make sure our customers are in line with that. And that's really what we aim to do. Yeah, many websites don't optimize image size. They don't have the right kind of copy on the page. I'm thinking of the human element that when you look at a page, it just, it may look pretty, Mm -hmm. but it's not optimized to download in a browser, you know? Yeah. One of the stories I tell that's interesting is us as marketers always want to try the shiny new object. So whether that's a live chat box, whether it's personalization, third party, or it's tracking pixels. Whenever you add and test something like that, it's not good for Google. So they do not like those types of complicated, dynamic front-end technologies. And so when you actually test those things, very few marketers take into consideration what it's doing in terms of their interaction with Google. But we would look at this very closely at Overstock and almost every type of third party that we could add ultimately would have an overall negative benefit. So it would hurt our SEO, but it even underperformed just having the site be static and fast. So we never rarely try those things thinking about the downside, but there actually is a lot of downside to those types of trinkets. And I encourage marketers to actually think about that before doing a huge deal or doing an A-B test with whatever third-party software is out there. Yeah, because those things end up being clutter. Exactly. The equivalent of pop-ups, really. Yeah, okay, I don't want to chat with you right now because I just want to look for something, you know? So those things can get in the way and kind of piss people off, I think. Yeah, and they really piss search engines off. So (laughs) search engines don't want to chat to a customer service representative when they come in. They can't chat, right? They're a machine. So that type of technology really is detrimental to their understanding of any given site. So how does the approach that you kind of forged at Overstock to e-commerce and SEO, how does that inform the strategies that you help your clients with in other industries? Yeah, what's remarkable about how, if you look at what Huckabye does for companies in different industries, and we work with a lot of industries, e-commerce, travel, software, B2B, we work with lawyers, nonprofits, medical sites. E-commerce is actually probably the most advanced category when it comes to SEO. Because if you think about the margins and how much you have to scrap for each and every sale and each and every penny, they just have to be dialed from day one. Yet you'll look at an enormous software company like a Salesforce or an SAP who we're fortunate enough to have as customers. 
they can make it so far further in their life cycle without doing a lot of SEO by having a great sales team. The margins are just so much better that they end up being quite remedial compared to what an overstock would be doing. And our software in particular benefits these types of sites even more than an e-commerce site. We benefit e-commerce sites too, quite significantly. But some of these companies, I'll just give you an example. So I think the revenue per visitor at Overstock, I don't know, is like $3 or something like that. The revenue and very high margin revenue per organic search visitor for some of these big software companies can be north of $200 a visitor. One in particular, it's $250 a visitor. That's how much an organic search visitor is worth to them. So the ROI cases get kind of out of control. But it's still the same SEO fundamentals. There's some things that other companies don't do, like they very rarely will have their navigation optimized for SEO, whereas e-commerce, it just naturally happens through categorization and such. But we kind of have a game plan for each individual industry. And there's also a bunch of fundamentals that from a technology perspective in our product, which is the biggest part about Huckabye, that just works across everything. You know, anybody that's trying to optimize their site for SEO and get more organic search traffic can really benefit from our technology. Yeah, you mentioned technical SEO earlier and Google's endorsement of structured data and dynamic rendering and so forth. It feels to me like that's kind of gone under the radar. So what's your take on it? A lot of what Google does seems to be hard to understand for the layman like me. You know, when they changed the algo, I had Taylor Ryan on from over in Europe and we had an episode about it. And it was really interesting to understand what was going on. But I don't really know that a lot of people really understand under the hood what's going on with Google and the way they now use structured data and other things. Can you give me your take on that? Yeah, I think the reason that marketing people struggle to understand these sort of complicated tech changes that Google makes when it comes to their algorithm is if you think about like the skill set of a marketer, typically they're really good at calculating ROI, managing paid channels, coming up with creative, making the UI, UX look really good. And then when it comes to SEO, it's almost like you have to be a really good CTO. You have to be an engineer. You have to be able to understand technology. And so there's this gap there between what search engines are looking for and what marketers are actually capable of doing just because of what they know. As a result, it becomes a very scary world for most marketers. They think of Google as a black box. They think of you know, it's just daunting. And so you do hear people kind of afraid of when Google makes changes. Huckabye is really trying to lift that fear and get rid of it and say, here's actually what's going on. We are built to watch them like a hawk, to be as aligned with their current algorithm and future algorithms as possible. And we will take care of that technical integration between your site and a search engine. And people really respond to that because it's hard for them to do internally. And it's quite daunting, to be honest. If I think about our big success at Overstock and why it was, it really was because we had a ton of software developers working on these problems. And an agency or internal search team, they just often don't have that skill set. They have the kind of front end look and feel skill set. Mm -hmm. Certainly not the ability to understand what Google's looking for technically when they hit your site. Correct. Correct. Like 
I think dynamic rendering is the biggest change Google's made in the last 10 years. And yet even most SEOs don't even know what it is because it's a very technical thing. So structured data, I think, is becoming a lot more commonplace. It's definitely a buzzword now. It's talked about so much that most people know at least what it is. They probably don't know how to do it well. But dynamic rendering is like an enormous change that people just aren't familiar with yet. Yeah. Can you walk my audience through that? I'd love to. So dynamic rendering basically means that web pages load dynamically or differently based on what calls them. So the classic example would be if I go to one URL on my mobile device, I'll get one experience. If I go to the same URL on my desktop, I'll get a different one. The big change for Google was that they said, well, now you can actually give a version just for us, which kind of goes against everything we've learned as search people. The reasoning for that is, as we talked about earlier, sites have gotten so complex and so slow that it almost makes it impossible for Google to do their job, which is to crawl and understand these websites. So they don't see that front-end technology ever slowing down or getting simpler or going kind of backwards. They see it as just evolving and getting worse and worse and harder and harder for them to understand. And so they've opened up this avenue for you to basically give them an optimized version. And so that's what Huckabye does with the product called SEO Cloud. We take a very complicated site and convert it into a flat HTML version. It ends up being about 20% the size of the previous site. It actually looks exactly the same, which is funny. It shows you how much code bloat goes into websites. <laughs> right, sure. And then we add structured data, which is sort of their preferred language of understanding websites and the language that they can use within their own search results. And then we host it in a caching layer. So it's like instantly available for them to crawl. So we think a lot at Huckabye about what would a website look like if it was designed just for Google and not for a human. And that's really what we have built with SEO Cloud is we can build for them a version of a site that's sort of perfect for them to crawl and understand. So as the same content, but it has a different interface that works with Google search bot, right? Correct. So everything has to match up to the URLs, the metadata, the content. We're just stripping out all this stuff, the chat box and the tracking pixels and taking their dynamic content and converting it to flat HTML. Yeah, so it, it actually is very similar. It's just a lot simpler than the version that a human would interact with. Right. So the user experience designers can breathe a sigh of relief that they're not going to be out of work because Google search bot doesn't look at their material. Human beings still get to see that. Yeah, it really kind of frees them up, actually, because they yeah. can do whatever they want now on the front end and rest assured that when they go to bed at night, they're still going to have this perfect interaction happening with Google. All right, next time, Jeff is back and we learn about building a site for SEO, Google's perfect world, algorithms, and B2C versus B2B, a familiar refrain here on the podcast. So stay tuned. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. 
you wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.